with that, I want you to get your Bibles. Meet me in Matthew chapter 5. We're about, we're almost to the peak of the Sermon on the Mount. We're not there yet. We're almost to the peak. Uh, in cha- next week, really, we kind of climb to the mountaintop, just to be honest with you. Uh, it, the Sermon on the Mount isn't over after that. We're going to finish our installment for, the, for the, this summer, but we kind of hit the top point of it. And it is, uh, I'm looking forward to what that's going to be and how we begin to lay this out and we talk. Uh, we just sang a song about whatever it takes. And it kind of started out that if it costs me my life, I'm willing to give it. You know, one of the things I love about, um, you know, you've heard me say this before, Braveheart, Patriot and all that, people willing to die for something big to move. Here's what I want you to catch. Even today, as we begin to look at this passage, is that if you're not willing to literally die to your rights and yourself tomorrow, if there really came a day when you had to die physically for the gospel, I don't think that we would do it. You see, what we do each day is that we practice for heaven. We practice for what it's going to look like. And you realize that when we get to heaven, uh, he is the supreme. We see God. He is everything. Jesus, the one who laid his life down for us, the one who did lay his life down for us. But I want you to hear this. Jesus laid his life down every day for the will of the Father. And so the question for us today as we continue in this series is, are we going to be willing to sacrifice and lay our lives down for the Father in the morning? Better yet, will we be willing to sacrifice and lay our lives down, our rights down, our desires down, our finances down, our whatever it is this afternoon for Jesus the King? Uh, We've been walking through this series called The Way, and in it, what we're doing is we're looking at, at what does it look like to be followers of the way. Early followers of Jesus were called followers of the way. And Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, he lays out a sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And in it, specifically in chapter 5, he describes an upside-down kingdom, basically, a countercultural world. You've heard it said. We've talked about this now for weeks talked about what does it look like to have a flourishing life. He talked about not coming to abolish the Old Testament law, but he came to fulfill it. You see, he wasn't coming to correct the truth, uh, to expand the truth. He was coming to help us to understand what truth really was. This is what the law is all about. He didn't come to correct it, uh, to deconstruct it. Now, what he did want to do is help us to deconstruct our our misunderstandings of it so that we can rightly see what it is that he desires for us as we live and walk as followers of the way. Those of us who have surrendered our life to Christ, we call ourselves Christians. And really, in, uh, the, in the New Testament, that was a derogatory term in the very first century. The, uh, the people who followed Jesus, they called them Christians, little Christ, and that was derogatory. Today, we call ourselves Christians, early followers of Jesus. We're also called the way. And Jesus says, if this is what, this is what it looks like to be my follower, this is what it looks like. It looks different. You've heard it said it looks like this. Well, listen, this is what it really looks like. This is how, not just how you live out physically, but this is what the heart the heart that motivates that then causes us to be able to live. So with that, Matthew chapter 5, let's begin reading in verses 38 through 42, if you don't mind. All right, if you got your Bibles, thumb them on, get your pen. You haven't heard me say this in a while. Get a pen, note sheet, something. I want you to take a few notes today as we walk through. So beginning in verse 38, 
Jesus is speaking again. He's continuing on. It's in red. He says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Verse 40. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Listen, if you grew up in a house that had siblings, if you grew up with brothers, with sisters, you know what strife, conflict, retaliation, and vengeance looks like. You've experienced you know, someone's always at odds, someone's always fighting, someone's always like, the man's on me. I got to get the man off of me. And you know, it's unwritten, kind of an unwritten law that you always think, I've got to have the last hit. I've got to have the last word. If there's a, if there's a, a rock that's thrown, you end up throwing a boulder. If there is a uh, punch that happens, you're slapping. If, there, if someone cuts you, like with words, then we've got to come all in. This is what siblings do. It's kind of like the unwritten, it's the unwritten rule, the unwritten law. I've got to get mine. In fact, in many places, in many homes, what ends up happening is, is you're going to make the first hit before anybody else does. Everybody wants to get even. The problem with getting even in is it's never even. It all, even always usually leads to escalation. You know what I'm saying? It always leads to you got to get more. And that's not just with children. That happens with us too, doesn't it? With adults. The place that we see it a lot, of, a lot is on the interstate, on the freeway. Yeah, you've, you know that. You've probably even been there. I mean, it's like if someone cuts you off, uh, men, what do you do many times? You're like swerving around them. You go floor it. You get up beside them, and then you just kind of stare at them. <laughs> and then you like get ahead, and then you get in front of them, and you kind of brake check them. Don't do that today. You never know what that person's carrying, all right? Listen, uh, retaliation is not something that's just left. Vengeance, getting up over on somebody, that's not just something that children deal with. That's something that we deal with. And Jesus says, listen, if we're going to be people of the way, Jesus is saying, that's not what it looks like. That's not what this is about. You see, we have an innate desire. It's natural for us. The natural man wants to have vengeance. We want to make sure, listen, if you're mean to me, I'm going to be mean to you. My wife is upset at me. I'm going to be upset at her. She I don't talk to her. She doesn't talk to me. Now, that really doesn't happen in our house. Sorry, baby. Uh, listen, we, we want to be on top. I'm going to get mine. If you treat me this way, then I'm coming back at you. This is into what Jesus is speaking about right here. And Jesus says, followers of the way, this is not what we're to be about. And today, there's two points that I want you to get, all right? There's two principles that we're going to see from here. Here's the first one. If you're taking some notes, I want you to write these down, all right? This gives you the roadmap of where we're headed today. The first one is this, is that the way of the world, the way of the world is personal revenge. That's the way of the world, Followers of the way, number two, though, followers of the way, the way of Jesus is radical sacrifice. Followers of the way is about radical sacrifice. So with that, 
Let's go back to verse 38. Verse 38, Jesus says this. He says, you've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for tooth. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Now remember, Jesus isn't trying to add to the law. He's not trying to correct the law, but he's trying to help us to understand correctly what the law was all about. And in that day, Jesus was very in tune with the ethics of the day. The Pharisees had allowed this law to become something, the implementation of it, something that it was never designed to be. Jesus is referencing Leviticus chapter 24. Leviticus chapter 24, he's referencing over in Exodus 21, Deuteronomy 19. This is the law. This is the expansion of the law. You have the the Ten Commandments that's given, and then also there's the practical implications of it. By the time we get to Jesus' day, there's close to 700 other laws that feed off the Ten Commandments. And the Pharisees had allowed this to be implemented, looked at very, very differently than what Moses had desired of that day. Jesus seeing that and recognizing that says, listen, you've heard it said that you give an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Listen, this whole piece of the law was given not for personal revenge, not for me to take vengeance in my own, not for my own retaliation, not for me to be able to get even. This was given to the nation of Israel. This was given to the judges so that Personal vengeance, personal uh, retaliation would take a backseat so that there would no longer be retaliation, but there would be justice within the nation so that judges would have a way. So really to be able to kind of put the fear of God into people that if you punch somebody in the face, listen, you pluck someone's eye out, your eye's coming out. You break a tooth in a friend, your molar comes out. That wasn't for like you to exact on me on your own. That was for a legal system. We should recognize that, right? I mean, this is what our whole legal system's based on, that we don't don't take retaliation into our own hands. Listen, if your neighbor is like constantly disturbing you with loud music, loud lights, all kinds of things at 2 p.m., the way to handle that is not to go outside and start handling all those things. We have a legal system that we handle that with. If you are in a bad situation uh, with uh, somebody robs you, it's not for you to go and like pack your heat and go to your house and rob them back. We have legal systems for that. This is what the law was about. But the Pharisees weren't allowing that to happen. See, they had allowed the implications of this, the applications of this to become very, very personal. Personal agendas began to take the the forefront. Listen, uh, in in today's world, or there are still cultures today that implement this type of justice. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But this is not the world in which Jesus was speaking. You see, Israel without the law, Israel without a law would be Hatfields and McCoy. It would be Crips and Bloods. It would be Democrats and Republicans. It would be this feud against this feud, this family against this family. It would be personal baggage. It would be, you're on my property and I'm gonna take control. But if you look back in the passages of Leviticus 24, Exodus 21, Deuteronomy 19, you begin to see that there were laws set up for judges, There were laws set up so that there could be order, so that justice could happen. But 
That's not the implication of what was happening here in this passage. Jesus said, you've heard it's eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. But what you began to see is, is people were taking it into their own hands. Listen, that shouldn't be foreign to us today. That shouldn't be foreign to us today. Have you looked around today at the anger? Anger is being matched with anger in our society today. Violence is being met with violence. Vengeance with vengeance. Listen, look at social media. Look at, look at your Facebook feed. And you're seeing people who will post things. And the desire is, is I have to one-up them. I'm going to get in an argument with them because I've got a better argument, which escalates, which escalates. And you know what ends up happening? Name-calling. Exaggerations. You remember last week talking about words and how our words matter and they're powerful. You see, this is not the way that Jesus has called us to. Jesus says, listen, we don't take matters into our own hands personally. He says, we, there is a law, there is a system, there is a justice that I have given to the nation of Israel. And he said, listen, you've heard it said, but I'm going to tell you there is a different way. Instead of personal revenge, instead of the way of the world being personal revenge, Jesus now turns, Jesus now turns and he says, hey, listen, he doesn't say point two, I say point two. He says, there's a different way. And the way of Jesus is this, it's radical sacrifice. The way of Jesus is radical sacrifice. Look at verse 39. In verse 39, he says, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. So here it is up against this faulty interpretation, the applicational mess that has happened in this, in this passage. And Jesus says, listen, but there is another way. He says, I'm going to tell you, do not resist the one who is evil. N.T. Wright, uh, a world-renowned New Testament scholar, he says it, it, it would probably be better interpreted from the, from the Greek language. I want you to listen to this. He says, a better interpretation would be, do not use violence to resist evil. Do not use violence to resist evil. Now remember, Jesus is speaking to followers. He's telling us, he's telling us as individuals. He's saying, if you are my follower, don't you turn violence to violence. Don't return violence with violence. He says, I'm telling you, don't do that. Now I want to be real clear here about something. I don't believe that this passage is teaching that if you are in an abusive situation in your family or you're in an abusive situation at work, I don't, I don't believe that that means that you have to sit and just sit in abuse. I don't believe that, okay? It, it, we've, we're going to continue to see in the coming days and weeks that that's not what was being meant here. Because remember, this, they were taking a passage that was meant for a nation, and they were implementing it as, a, as individuals. So what Jesus is saying, listen, you don't take this as individuals. We don't return evil for evil. That's not what followers of the way do. But it doesn't mean that you have to sit and be taking the beatings or taking the abuse. Listen, I want to say today, if you are in a situation of abuse in your home, domestically, some way, I want you to come to your deacon Come to me, because if, if you are followers, we want to get involved. That's what the community is about. We want to help you. We want to walk with you. 
We wanna, we wanna get you to a safe place so that you can begin to heal in those things. So into that, so what is it that's being said here? Well, in a world that is uh, concerned with getting my own, uh, my own, being on top, Jesus steps in and he gives us four examples of what, it, what, radical, what radical sacrifice looks like in this passage. With that, let's look at the very first one. Here's the first one. He talks about cheek turning. He talks about cheek turning. Look at the last, the last piece of verse 39. 39b, he says, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, you're to turn to him the other. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, you're to turn to him the other. Jesus paints a picture here of someone being slapped in the face. Now, I think this is why it's really important that we don't just skim over passages that words matter. You've heard us talk about this before. Words matter. Did you see what he says? If someone slaps you on the right cheek. Now, you know, that means that we're facing one another. You're facing someone. And most of the world is right-handed. Not everyone is, but most of the world is right-handed. So if, if I'm looking at you and I slap you on the right cheek with my right hand, what have I just done? I have backslapped you. Listen, I don't care what culture you're in. You, listen, you punch me, that's one thing. Black eye, bloody nose, at that point we may go MMA, Conor McGregor, we're going to get on it. <laughs> but when you backslap somebody, you know what that is? That is respect. That's respect. That is an issue of disrespect. And Jesus says, listen, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, he says, I call you, turn the other. How countercultural is that? Can you imagine being slapped on the right cheek? It would be, for me, a turn. At that point, he says, you, you turn the other one. Because in that moment, I think when you do that, that person's going to go, what? What's just happened? Folks, in our world today, there aren't many of you that are going to get in your workplace backhanded slapped. But I will tell you this, many of us deal with respect issues. Many of us are in our workplace and we're feeling disrespected. We're feeling like, do they not appreciate me? Do they not know? Do they not understand the way someone speaks to you? It may even be in your home, husband or wife, where you're not feeling respected. You know what Jesus says here? He says, listen, don't take this into your own hands. You, you turn the cheek. You turn the cheek. Now, I need you to, I, I want to come back to you because I need you to hear me. If you fell asleep just a minute ago, if you're, if they're in an abuse situation, I don't believe that you have to continue to stand there and take that. Let, we want you to get out of that abusive situation. We want to help you with that. We want to come alongside you. But in today's world, we're not facing those things necessarily in our world where people are backhanding us, but they are, they are the backhand of disrespect. And the question is for us, is are we ready to rush in at that moment and we want to get back at them? Jesus says, that's not the way. That's not the way. That's not the way that I've designed this. He says, it, you don't retaliate in that way. In fact, he says, you turn the other cheek to him. You turn the other cheek to her. This 
is a radical sacrifice. This is a radical sacrifice because we want to retaliate. Every man in here knows exactly what I'm talking about. Women, I think you know that also. Someone has been catty to you, you want to go back. We live in a world today. The cultural ethic is that if you strike me, I'm striking back. And Jesus says, that's not what it is. You turn your cheek. Look at the second thing he says, though. He starts talking about shirt surrendering at this point, not just turning the other cheek, but he talks about shirt surrendering. Look at verse 40. Verse 40, he says, and if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. Now, Jesus now describes another situation, a a hypothetical situation. Now, just so that we're clear, a tunic in that day, and still today, if you're in the, in, the, in the Middle East, is a long shirt. It is the shirt that's worn closest to your body. And a tunic usually is a longer shirt, covers up. And he says this, he says, you've been dragged into court. You're being sued for everything you have, and they're taking the shirt off your back. Now, you've got a couple of options here. You can countersue. You can, you can get mad and start getting even. You're going to try to get angry. You're going to anger with anger, violence for violence. Or number three, you can take the way that Jesus is speaking about, and you can, the scripture says, let him have your cloak as well. Your cloak is your coat. He says, listen, if, if he's taking your shirt let him have your cloak. Let him have your coat as well. In, in the ancient Near East, in fact, even in the Old Testament in the law, there are very strict laws having to do with a person's coat because their coat wasn't just something they wore over their shirt. It was their blanket at night. Literally, it was their blanket at night. If, and, and the law tells us that if, if you took someone's cloak as security, by sunrise, by sundown, you had to give that back to them for the, so that they had something to cover up with, so that they had some way to cover up, some way to stand warm, some way to have warmth and security. The next morning, you could take it back once they're back up. Listen, Jesus says, listen, if they're coming after you, then you give them their coat. In a world today where we are so concerned, right here, guys, with our rights I want you to hear this. Followers of the way, they're not concerned with their rights. You know what they're concerned with? Their righteousness. Now, you and I both know that me in and of myself, I'm not righteous. You know what I'm right? The reason I'm righteous is because of the blood of Christ who was sacrificed on a cross. So the only reason that I'm righteous or holy is because of Jesus. But I want you also to hear, though, that I have a responsibility in how it is that I live. And I am called not, not to punch back if I get struck on the cheek. I'm called to turn the cheek. I'm not called to, listen, counter sue you necessarily. I'm called to make sure that, here, take this. Now, again, I need you to make sure that you understand. This isn't a call to, if you're being abused, un- if you're if you're being drugged into a court uh, wrongly, this is talking about you and me and our interpersonal relationships as followers of Jesus Christ. 
So Jesus says, listen, the radical way of sacrifice, the way of Jesus, the way the kingdom mindedness, it's turning the other cheek. It's surrendering not just your shirt, but also your jacket. And the third way he says there is that it, he talks about mile walking. He talks about mile walking. Look at verse 41. Verse 41, he says this. He says, and if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two. If anyone forces you to go one mile, then you go with him two. In the third example here, Jesus is saying, imagine that you're walking along the road and a Roman soldier comes up to you. Now, remember, in the day in which Jesus was speaking, uh, Israel was ruled by Rome. They had the, the known world. They were uh, the, the supreme authority. So Roman soldiers and military and magistrates were everywhere. And in that day and time, a Roman soldier, a military leader could come up and they could commandeer you. They could come up legally and say, Zion, I need you to take my stuff, take my pack. I need you to carry it the next mile. Listen, <laughs> are you kidding me? Do you, like, do they not realize what I have going on today? Like, what about my agenda? What about my personal world? What about what I've got happening? Jesus says, you want to you wanna buck up against that? He says, no, 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 listen, listen, listen. The followers of the way, they put their personal agendas, they put their, uh, their, their agendas, their time. It's secondary to kingdom work. He says, if, if they ask you to go to mile marker one, you go to mile marker one. And then on your own, you go to mile marker two with them. Can you imagine what that Roman centurion, that Roman magistrate would look at when, what? What are you doing? And it opens the door to talk about the way. You see, we're, we're not taking vengeance in our own hands as followers of the way. We're not as concerned about our personal property as followers of the way. We're not as concerned about our own time, our own agendas, as we are the kingdom of God and the kingdom of God agenda and what he's calling us to. That takes sacrifice. It's a radical sacrifice that Jesus says. But the fourth way, look at the fourth way he talks about. The fourth way he talks about is kingdom giving. He says in verse 42, give to the one who begs from you. Notice that, give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Notice what Jesus is doing here. He's wrapping up this section and he flips on its ends all the social norms. I'm looking out for me, I'm looking out for mine. You battle me, I'm battling you. You want my stuff, I'm countersuing you. You want me to, you want me to uh, put my agendas to the side for your agendas? Yes, that's what I want. And he says, listen, you, you give to the one who begs from you. Don't refuse the one who comes to borrow from you. Now, I want to be really clear again. I want to make sure that you're hearing this. Jesus is speaking in huge language here. I don't think what he's saying is that all Christians need to be drained till they're penniless. Okay, I don't think that you need to be abused financially. But remember, in, in this day that Jesus was writing, he was writing to the individual who lived in a very communal society. Do you remember the stories that Jesus would tell and the pictures where he talks about, suppose you have someone who comes to your house in the middle of the night and they're knocking on the door. 
And they need bread because a traveler has come. But that's, he could say, you, you roll over and say, get out. And he says, no, 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 you give to them. You give to them. This was a communal society that if someone was in need, it would be shameful not to help them. In our world today, as a body, as a community, you hear me speak all the time, all the time about being known and knowing, about being in community, about this being a family. Do you know what this looks like for us today? It looks like us caring for one another. Yesterday, I was in a little bind. My washer went out. That's a bind for us. I like clean sheets on Saturday. I call the guy, the, the repairman, and he walks me through what it is, and he just says, I wouldn't spend the money on it. I head down, he tells me where to go. I go and I walk in because I can go to this spot, and they're not even going to, if I buy it from them, they're going to deliver it, and they're going to haul the other one off. This is great. I get down there, and he says, I don't have help today. All right. So I call somebody in this body. Spur of the moment. Spur of the moment. Hey, uh, I'm in a jam. You think you can come and make this thing happen? Yeah. Well, why don't we do it this afternoon? Let's make it a little easier. Well, no, why don't we just do it now? Great. Come on. I mean, help me move. This, they had a truck. I needed a truck. Listen, you know what my natural inclination is? I get a bag of cookies, I'm labeling it, and I'm hiding it away. <laughs> and Jesus says, listen, if there's someone who is begging from you, you do not refuse the one who wants to borrow from you. Folks, as a community, listen, I don't, we're not going to all shack up together, sell everything, go buy us a big hotel and be commune. But the scripture does say that the body held everything in common. When someone had a need, they stepped into hell to meet that need. That's what followers of the way do. And I'm looking around this room today. There are people in this room who are so generous. You've been generous with your finances. You're generous with your time. You're generous with the possessions that God gives you. And I call you to go, go, go. Keep it up. Keep it up. But in a world where, it's, where, where, where the ethic is, it's me, it's mine, I'm going to put it over here, I'm going to cover it up, I'm going to store it away so you don't see it and you don't know that I have it. Jesus says, followers of the way, listen, they turn the other cheek. They don't retaliate. They don't take vengeance into their own hand. Jesus says, followers of the way, listen, they're not worried about their possessions. They hold loosely to their possessions. Because Jesus is going to tell us soon. He says, listen, why are you worried? The birds of the air, the flowers, I clothe them. They don't ever worry. They don't toil. They don't worry about it. I take care of them. He says, hold on loosely to those possessions. He says, listen, if someone needs something, you offer. They come to you. You offer. Let me ask you a question today. I don't know how many medical people we have in here, but when you go to the emergency room, they usually take you into a place. They call it the triage. You know what they do when, they, when you get there, don't you? 
when you get to triage, they begin to uh, ask questions. They're kind of like diagnostics to know, where are we going here? What do I need to do? Today, I want to give you a little triage. I want you to think about a couple of things. I've got some questions I want to ask you. Just think along for a moment. Let me ask you something. You've been, as a follower of the way, you've been too preoccupied with protecting your pride. No one else is going to look out for me. I'm going to look out for myself. Someone's disrespecting me. I want to make sure I get mine. Have you been, let me ask you something. You've been too preoccupied with that? Let me ask you, you've been too wrapped up in your personal rights or what we perceive to be our personal rights rather than being worried about our righteousness, our holiness, and what that looks like. Listen, you realize that when you came to Christ, we now have no longer any rights in Christ. We've been bought with a price. We are not our own. We are His. Doesn't mean that we have to like, be walked on, but it does mean that we have to lay down, uh, lay down me, place me on the altar. Let me ask you this. Is your agenda more precious than what the Lord has for you? What he's calling you to? Kingdom living. Let me ask you, does, would your wallet, checkbook, bank account agree when you say Jesus is everything? Today, the way of the kingdom, the way of the kingdom is about radical sacrifice. Listen, I love to sing whatever it takes, whatever the cost. I love to sing about laying my life down, but I need you to hear me. You'll never lay your life down physically if you're not laying your life down, your rights down like this. So the question is, is today, what's he saying to you? What's he calling you to? Listen, you know why I know that you can turn the other cheek as a follower of Christ? It's because Jesus turned that other cheek. When he was beaten, when he was spit upon, when he was kicked, when he was mocked, when his beard was turned, pulled out, you know what? It says that he, he didn't retaliate. You know why I know that you cannot fight for that shirt? What's going to happen to me? I can just give my cloak. You know why? Because I want you to hear this. When Jesus died, he clothed you in righteousness. Do you know why I know that you can walk another mile as a follower of Christ? Because Jesus walked a long way to lay down on a cross some of you think, I don't want this whole commandeering thing about going that extra mile and somebody taking and pulling me. Do you realize that when you read in the scripture about the man named Simon the Cyrene, do you realize that the soldiers pulled him aside so that he would carry the cross of Jesus so that you and I might have life? Do you realize you walking the extra mile for someone might be the very thing that takes for them to come to Christ. Do 
Do you know why I know that you and I can take our finances and lay them at his feet? So that we can give to those who are in need. So that we can be generous people. You know why I know that? Because the king of the world, who had everything, took off his robes and stepped in to humanity so that you and I might be rich in Jesus. And today, the question is, is are we ready to radically sacrifice our time, our talents, our pride, our agendas, so that the king of heaven might be known here on earth? That's the question for us. That is what followers of the way live like. That's what it looks like. And I need you to hear me. If you're like me, I don't live that way all the time. But there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Jesus is the God of second, third, and fourth chances. He freely forgives. 1 John 1, 9. He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from our unrighteousness. Some of you in here today, you could never, ever live what we've talked about today. You could try, you could try, you could try, but the reason you can't is because you don't know Jesus Christ. You've never experienced the gospel for the very first time in your life. Jesus making a way for you. And I want you to know, I, my prayer, our prayer, this morning at 8.30, we circled and were all over this building, all over this room, asking God to save people. So today, if you're feeling a stirring in your life, he's calling you to repent, to turn, to come to him. It's as simple as saying, Jesus, I love you. I hear your voice. I ask you to forgive me for putting my faith into everything else. Today, I surrender to you alone. For some of you in here, that's going to mean a prayer of repentance and turn back to say, Jesus, you've been my boss. You've been my Lord, but I've not lived like it over this period. I need you to forgive me. I'm, I recognize it, and I turn to you. And you receive that forgiveness, and you begin to walk. You begin to walk. There is freedom in Christ. You have no longer have to be held by guilt. But today, he's speaking to you, and we need to do the work that he's called us here to do, and then walk in freedom. Father, we love you. We thank you. I'm so thankful that you let me be a part of this body. I thank you for each person in here. And I'm asking today, would you save people? And God, would you give people release from the baggage they've been dragging? I thank you that we don't have to fight our own battles. I'm thankful that we don't have to hold on and worry about our finances. I'm thankful, Father, that uh, we don't have to cling to our possessions. That, Father, you've provided another way. You, God, own the cattle on a thousand hills. You're the one who clothes flowers of the field. So you'll care for us as your people. We magnify you today. And today, would you do your work? And it's in the name of Jesus I ask these things. Amen. Won't you stand with me? We're going to respond by giving, by singing, by praying. Whatever it is that God's called you to do, would you do that in this moment?